I think the idea of a candlelight vigil is just beautiful. And as I stood back there, I thought, how am I ever going to see my notes by candlelight? And it's true. You know, once you're over 40, it's very difficult to see your notes by candlelight, I'm realizing. So bear with me. (laughs) I'm sure Trevor had no problem. (laughs) Well, when my daughter Charlotte was a toddler, my mother-in-law came for a visit. And she brought with her several bars of delicious dark chocolate. My daughter was interested in this package wrapped in shining foil. While we were having a little chat on the couch, I thought it was a little too quiet. Where was Charlotte? Charlotte? No answer. Where are you? No answer. She took one of those candy bars. Let's go see. So I walk back to her bedroom. It's not too hard to find a toddler. The sound of the crinkling paper, the two little feet sticking out from behind the furniture. There in the tiny space between the dresser and the wall, my child is hiding. She has half a bar of chocolate in her hand and half a bar of chocolate smeared all over her face. I did not want my toddler to have a bar of dark chocolate. I know that the caffeine content alone will send her into a whirlwind that I will be chasing for the next five hours. But how did she know to take that bar of chocolate into her bedroom and hide behind the dresser? She was not yet two years old. How did she know that if you're going to take a bar of chocolate, you better take it, run, and find a good place to hide? (laughs) Because she is a daughter of the human race, just like the rest of us. The shadow of disobedience and disorder has fallen on us all, and our reaction is to hide. In Genesis 3, we find Adam and Eve hiding. Hiding from God. How do they hide from God? Verse 8 says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. They're hiding from God behind trees. <laughs> It does sound a little like hide-and-seek with a child who has stolen the chocolate. The Lord God knows what they've done, and he knows where they are. How did they come to this place? Well, Adam and Eve were created by God and living in perfect unity with him and with each other. The garden in which they lived was absolutely perfect. They had meaningful work to do. The trees offered them food and shade. They had delightful companionship and perfect communion with God. They were surrounded by beauty and living in peace. Their every need met. Enter the crafty serpent. Verse 1. The serpent said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? 
His deception begins by making God sound ridiculous. Is he really withholding from you the fruit of these wonderful trees? Verse 2, the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. When the serpent responds, he speaks a lie and a truth. You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. It is true that when they eat the fruit, their eyes are opened. They go from seeing only goodness and beauty to seeing also emptiness and falsehood and shame. They now know both good and evil. A shadow falls over them, and the presence of evil is evident. A part of them died in that moment, and eventually the enemy of death will overtake them. The serpent succeeds in first getting Eve to doubt the good provisions of God. God had provided everything they needed, and yet she took her own fulfillment into her hands. I was recently gathered with a bunch of children that brought their lunches in sacks, and they were all sitting around eating their lunch in sacks, and I saw one little girl walk over to another table and take a handful of goldfish crackers from someone else's lunch and quickly pop them in her mouth and smile and try not to make her face move and get away from the table as quickly as she could to get the goldfish crackers down. I had to laugh. I thought, I have done that so many times. (laughs) I snatched up what I wanted and then tried to hide the crime with a quick getaway. Well, Adam and Eve were given amazing provisions by their father. They lacked nothing, and yet when given the opportunity for more or finding fulfillment in a way that seemed pleasant to them, they took it. And we stand on the same ground with Adam and Eve. Who of us has not mistrusted the goodness of God? The off-limits dark chocolate, the lunch bag provided for us, and reached our hand to take that which we think will fill our needs and desires. I don't always trust the goodness of God. I trust my ability to choose. I have inherited from Eve the desire to find fulfillment my own way. And we stand equally guilty of putting God behind us and reaching for that fruit that we know will be the best. And then we bite the fruit. We take into ourselves that thing that we knew would bring fulfillment. And as soon as that morsel hits our stomach, we feel not fullness, but greater hunger. The hunger has in no way 
been satisfied. When they ate, they knew immediately that the fulfillment they wanted was not there, and their sin was exposed. In the chilling realization of their pride, their sin, what comes to their mind is hide. Their reaction is keep it hidden. If I can't see it and you can't see it, maybe it isn't there. How many of us would like the idea of showing our sin to the world? What if you had to bring your laptop to church and just sort of show around all of the less than edifying places that your screen went that week? Or imagine with me, instead of a virtual screen, that like our foreheads showed every thought that we have. It's like everything that you imagine is visible to others. Every thought that you have about someone else, every choice word that you wanted to say but you didn't say, is just visible on your forehead. I'll tell you what will happen. Low-brim hats will become the fashion. (laughs) We will all be sporting them because we're expert hiders. Adam and Eve were the same. When they heard God coming, they took cover. We hope that in that moment, Adam and Eve would run to God and cry out, we were wrong, we didn't believe you. We did the very thing you asked us not to do. We defied you, have mercy on us. But this is not their response. The love of God coming toward them in their sin never crosses their minds. They did not know that a Redeemer was on his way. God initiated a connection with Adam, already knowing what they had done. He did not come to shame him or to cut him off but to bring to light what was hidden. As long as they remain hidden, there is no true covering for their sin, no cleansing. God came looking for them to drop a hint about his plan to provide redemption, cleansing, and a true covering for their sin. God's plan of redemption is already in motion. In the final phrase of his curse to the serpent, God says in verse 15, He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. This is a foreshadowing of the serpent seeking to harm the second Adam, Jesus Christ. And yet, on the cross, Jesus crushes the head of the serpent and creates a covering for our sin, a way back to the presence of God. My brother has seven rambunctious children, and one of his sons recently attempted to measure the temperature of a carrot with a meat thermometer. While holding the carrot, he plunged the meat thermometer through the carrot, piercing his hand. 
Over a period of days and weeks, an infection festered in the hand and started working its way up his arm. This little guy took his infected hand to his dad. Well, there was this carrot and this meat thermometer. (laughs) Maybe he didn't want to admit to his father what he had done, feeling foolish about it. But he did. He took the risk because he knows that his father loves him and wants to help. He knows that the infection is only getting worse. He also knows that his father is a doctor. When my brother saw the red hot hand and the migrating infection, he knew how to handle it. He squeezed out the infection and soaked the hand in medicated water, gave him antibiotics, put a protective covering over his hand. We all, like my nephew, have a pernicious infection. We can choose to hide the infection from our father, in which case there is no cleansing and healing for the wound. If, however, we bring our infection to our father, he will cleanse it and cover it. It's vulnerable to step out from hiding. The truth is exposed. We are exposed. The Lord already knows the worst there is to know about you and about me. Every thought, every word, every deed. The only way we can take the risk of leaving our hiding place is because we know that outside of the shadow is a perfect covering. Jesus Christ. The life of Jesus given for us on a tree covers all our sin and shame. One ancient homily for Holy Saturday uses these words to articulate Jesus' work. See my hands nailed to the tree for a good purpose, for you, who stretched out your hand to the tree for an evil one. While we are still hidden in the shadows, God himself comes looking for us. He asks us, as he did Adam, where are you? The Lord God invites you to come out from behind the tree and walk with him in the garden. Do not hide among the trees of the garden, but come to the great tree, the tree of life, the cross of Jesus Christ. His death has covered your sin, and you can come out from hiding. I'd like to take a few moments of quiet where you can open your hearts to the Lord for anything that he may have brought to your mind that you're hiding now. Let's take a moment of quiet. Come, Holy Spirit, come.
Lord God, I pray that you would come and walk among us now. In your great love that comes toward us even when we are hiding from you. I pray that each one here would hear your voice saying, Where are you? Because you desire to bring them from hiding into the light of your love. Pour out your love now, Lord. We confess to you, Lord God, the things in our lives of which we are ashamed. The thoughts and the words and the actions that we deeply regret. Have mercy on us, Lord. Where we are afraid, Lord, I pray for a great gift of courage now. Trusting in you, the good Father. We stretch out our infected hand and we say, Lord, please cleanse it. Just imagine yourself now stepping into the light of the presence of God who takes you up in his arms, covering you perfectly in his love. Thank you for your perfect covering, Lord Jesus Christ. We entrust ourselves into your care. 